0: إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله we now come to the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma an Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi ma yarwi an Rabbihi tabarak wa taala In this hadith Ibn Abbas Radiallahu anhuma narrates from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in that which the prophet sallam narrates directly from Allah and that's what's known as a hadith qudsi إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ hasanati الْحَسَنَاتِ وَالسَّيِّئَاتِ That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written the good deeds, or the goods and the bads. ثُمَّ بَيَّنَ Then He clarified that, that Allah records the good deeds and the bad deeds, and then that is clarified. فَمَنْ هَمَّ بِحَسَنَةٍ فَلَمْ يَعْمَلْهَا كَتَبَهَ اللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حَسَنَةً كَامِلًا that whomsoever intends and has the intention of doing some good but never gets round to it or doesn't get to do it, then it is written down for him as a good deed completely. <laughs> إِلَىٰ ضِعِفٍ إِلَىٰ أَضْعَافٍ كثيرة. And if he actually does do it, he intends to do a good and he does actually end up doing it, then it will be written down for him as 10 rewards up to 700 uh, fold and to a greater multiplication of that. <coughs> وإن هم بسيئة فلم يعملها كتبها الله عنده حسنة كاملة. and if a person he intends to do some evil but he doesn't do it he stops himself he doesn't do it then Allah will write that down as a good deed for him. وإن هم بها فَعَمِلَهَا كتبها الله له سيئة واحدة. يعني في intends to do it, and does do it, then it is written down as one evil deed. Rawahul Bukhari you are Muslim. Narrated by al-Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim. So here at the beginning, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah says, عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي يَرْوِي عَنْ ربه. Narrated from the Prophet in that which he narrates from Allah. وهذا ما يسمى بالحديث القدسي وهو الذي يرضيه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن ربه عز وجل قال ان الله تعالى كتب الحسنات وَسَيِّئَاتِ ثم بين ذلك So this is the hadith that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم narrates from Allah that Allah has written down the good deeds and the bad deeds i.e in the preserved tablet that those good deeds and those bad deeds, they are written down in the preserved tablet. Wa katabahha al-mauludi fi And similarly, it is written down for the unborn child whilst he is still in the womb of his mother. The decree of that child is written down, his goods and his bads, kama fil hadith rawahu just like that is mentioned in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud, عنه, regarding the writing down of the affairs of the unborn child in the womb of the mother that we already covered. ثُمَّ بَيَّنَ ذَلِكَ سُبْحَانَهُ wa Ta'ala يَرْوِيهِ عَنْهُ نَبِيُّهُ صلى الله عليه وسلم. Then that is clarified and explained. The meaning of writing these good deeds down and these bad deeds down in the preserved tablet. What is the meaning of having those deeds written down? That is clarified in this hadith now. فَالْأَعْمَالُ عَلَىٰ قِسْمَينَ So the actions are of two types. أَعْمَالُ قُلُوبَ وَهِيَ النِّيَّاتِ The actions of the heart. The actions of the heart and they are your intentions and your objectives, that which you think about that you're going to do. Your intentions and your objectives in your heart, that is the action of your heart, to have those intentions and those objectives. أعمال قلوب وهي والقسم الثاني أعمال جوارح وهي الأفعال الظاهرة. The second type of actions are the physical actions upon your limbs. The physical apparent actions that occur upon your limbs. So there is the action of the heart, that which you intend, your objectives. And there is the physical actions that actually occur upon your limbs. قَوْلُهُ So when it is mentioned in the statement, Whomsoever intends, whomsoever has, uh, this intention this objective in of himself he has decided in of himself that he's gonna do something in, he has decided in of himself he is going to do a good action but he doesn't end up doing it he is unable to do it in the end or he became preoccupied with something and was unable to carry out that good deed which he had decided in his heart he was going to do. He became preoccupied with something and he was unable to do it. Not that he left it thinking there's no point. He wanted to do it and he had decided he wanted to do it. But due to becoming preoccupied, then he was unable to carry out that good deed. Uh, so this individual, if he is unable to carry out that good action that he intended to do, due to becoming preoccupied, or due to being unable for some other reason, uh, due to a, as the Sheikh says, تَرَكَهَا لِصَارِفٍ Sarafahu. He ended up leaving that action and not actually doing it. Due to some other factor that took him away from that action, he was unable to continue with it uh, and actually fulfill it and do it. وَنِيَّتُهُ But his good intention and his desire and his decision to do that action remains. He still has that desire and that intention in his heart to do this particular good action. But some other affair, some other factor it distracted him, it preoccupied him, and he was unable to do it. So the good intention remains in his heart that he wanted to do it. Then in that case, kata اللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حسنة كاملة. Then such a person in that state, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, writes down a complete deed, one good deed for that person. For that good intention and desire and decision he had made to do the good action, even though he was unable to do it in the end. Because this is one of the actions of the heart. It is from the action of the heart that he had made this firm decision to do this righteousness intentionally. He had made that decision firmly He really wanted to do that particular goodness. He was set and keen on doing that goodness. But something preoccupied him, something prevented him from being able to do it. Then Allah still gives him that one good reward for having that action of the heart in making that good decision of wanting to do that, having the firm intention to do that, but he was unable. So one good deed is still written down for him. وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِهَا فَعَمِلَهَا كَتَبَهَا اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ عِنْدَهُ عَشْرَ حَسَنَاتِ إِلَىٰ سَبْعِ مِئَةِ ضِعِفٍ إِلَىٰ أضعاف كثيرة. And if a person, he makes a firm intention in his heart to do some good action, and then he actually does go and perform that good action, then it is written down for him, Allah writes down for him, 10 good rewards up to a multiplication of 700 times the reward and more. 10 good rewards up to a multiplication of 700 good rewards and more, for actually having then been able to do that action, making the firm intention to do the goodness and having done and done it, then the reward is 10 rewards up to a multiplication of 700 and more. وَاللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ يُضَاعِفُ الْحَسَنَاتِ فَضْلًا مِنْهُ وَإِحْسَانًا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies the reward manifold. Multiplies the reward of the good actions many fold That is from the virtue of Allah. As Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا وَمَنْ جَاءَ بِسَيِّئَةِ فَلَا يجزى إِلَّا مِثْلَهَا Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 160, 160 In this ayah Allah says, Whomsoever does a good deed, then he will have ten rewards like it. And whomsoever does a bad deed, then he will only be held upon that bad deed. Not tenfold over. But the good deed, tenfold over multiplied in the good deeds. So that is from the virtue of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ نَعْمُ وَلَمْ يُحَدِّدْ هَذِهِ الْأَضْعَافِ فَلَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not restrict how many fold that reward can be increased. Allah did not restrict how many times that reward can be multiplied how many fold that reward is over and again. So it is an affair which is open. That reward, it is an affair that is open in terms of the multiplicity of how many rewards the person can receive. And how many good deeds a person gets then for that good deed that he does, how many rewards he gets for the good deed that he does, then it is dependent upon the intention that he has and the strength of his iman. So the sheikh says, Allah A'lam, but this affair is, بِحَسَبِ نِيَّةِ الْعَامِلِ وَقُوَّةِ or اَوْ بِحَسَبِ الْمَكَانِ وَالْزَمَانِ او الحاله التي تؤدى فيها الحسنه فيضاعف الله له اضعافا محدده واضعافا غير محدده فضلا منه واحسانا هذا بالنسبه للحسنات في القلب او في العمل so how many fold that reward is increased then the sheikh says Allah a'lam but this could be something that returns back to the actual intention of that person the type of intention he had, the firmness of that intention, the firmness and the strength of his iman, all of those could play a part in how many rewards he gets in the end. Similarly, the Sheikh says, it could be a factor, the place where he is and the time in which he lives. So perhaps in a particular place, there is difficulty and there's calamity and it's a hardship to perform the good deeds. And in a particular time that the person lives, (coughs) there may be hardship in performing goodness and obedience. So perhaps the one who still sticks to the religion and performs that goodness, may have his rewards multiplied further, as opposed to somebody who is in ease. So these could be factors also, determining the level of reward that a person receives. Similarly, the actual state and circumstances that a person is in, When he performs the good deeds, they could also play a factor in how many rewards he gets. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala multiplies the rewards of those people, uh, and that is a blessing from Allah and a virtue from Allah. Then the hadith says, وَإِنْ بِسَيِّئَةٍ فَلَمْ يَعْمَلْهَا اللَّهُ حَسَنَةً كاملة. That if a person he intends in his heart and he makes a decision to do something evil, but then he stops himself and he doesn't do it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes that down as a reward for that person. If he fell short, and fell to the whisperings of the shaitan and made the decision to do something wrong, but then he stopped himself and didn't do it. Then Allah writes that down as a reward for the person. A person he intends to do some sin, however, he leaves that sin and doesn't do it in the end out of fear of Allah, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَكْتُبُهَا لَهُ حَسَنَةً واحدة عَلَى نيته. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will write that down as one good reward for that person, for his intention. Afterwards, his rectification of his intention in blocking himself from doing that evil. Even though first he succumbed and he fell to the whisperings of the shaitan, and he made the decision to go do some evil. But then he remembered and he feared Allah and he rectified himself and he blocked that evil intention and he stopped himself doing it. Then Allah writes that down as a reward for the person. And leaving that evil action, fearing Allah is an action of the heart. You have made that action in your heart to fear Allah and to leave that action. Uh... فَيَكْتُبُهَا اللَّهُ لَهُ حسنة. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes that down as a good deed. لِأَنَّهُ Tarakaha Khawfan مِنَ Allah Because he left that evil due to fear of Allah. أَمَّا إِذَا لِأَنَّ نِيَّتَهُ بَاقِيَةٌ If, however, somebody makes a decision in their heart to do something evil, and they are prevented from doing that evil due to some factor, they are prevented from being able to do that evil due to some other factor, but they themselves in their heart hadn't changed their intention. They still wanted to do the evil, but some other external factor, some other thing, something else prevented them from being able to go and do it. But their intention and their decision remained in their hearts that they wanted to do it. For that person now, even though he didn't end up doing it, it wasn't because he stopped himself and his intention was to not do it. It was because of some other external factor, some other reason that stopped him. He still wanted to do it. So this person gets an evil reward written against him. uh, An evil uh, uh, deed written against him. He gets an evil deed written against him because even though he never ended up doing it then, his intention and his decision remained to do it. But something else prevented him from being able to do it. So there's a difference between the two situations. The first situation, the person himself makes the intention and stops himself from the fear of Allah. The second situation, he may get prevented due to some reason... But not because he wanted to. He still wanted to do it. But he was prevented by some other factor. So that person due to his intention remaining and his decision remaining to do the evil, then an evil deed is written against him. ثُمَّ um, <coughs> And then it is mentioned... that if the person intends to do it, and he actually does manage to go and do it, that evil deed, then that will be written down as an evil deed upon him. That will be written down as an evil deed upon him. La But the point is, that the evil deeds do not become multiplied. If he goes and actually does the action, it will still only be written down as one evil deed. As opposed to him doing the good action, it's written down as multiple good deeds. But doing the evil action will only be written down as one evil deed for that one evil action. The evil is not multiplied. لِأَنَّ الْجَزَاءَ عليها من باب الْعَدْلِ Because the recompense upon the evil you do is something which has to be done upon justice. So if you've done one evil, then that's one evil deed, another evil, one more evil deed, it has to be upon justice. Cannot be multiplied the evil deed upon the one evil action. So that must be done upon the justice there, and Allah does not oppress anyone. وَاللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ and Allah will not write upon him something that he did not do. yaktubu أَمَّا مُضَاعَفَةُ الْحَسَنَةِ فَهُوَ فَضْلٌ مِّنَ Allah. So when a person does something evil, it will not be written down for him as additional evil deeds, as multiple evil deeds, as many evil deeds. It will be just in accordance to what he did. As for the good deeds, then they are multiplied and increased from the virtue and the blessing of Allah. فَهَاذَا حَدِيثٌ عَظِيمٌ lil Muslim. So this is a great hadith and a glad tidings to the believer. And this is an encouragement for the believers to intend to do goodness and to make decisions to do goodness and to go and carry them out and to do them. And for him to leave evil. And this hadith also tells us that you must leave and abandon evil intentions. Leave and abandon having evil intentions and making decisions to do evil acts. Because those types of things will destroy the person. كما جاء في الحديث أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال. And this is shown in a narration regarding how somebody who has an evil intention... Then that destroys that person having these evil intentions. Here there's a hadith that shows that. The hadith which is in Al bukhari Bukhariya Muslim: That if two Muslims come and fight against each other with their swords, then the one who kills the other one, the killer, will be in the hellfire. As for the one who is killed, then where will he be? In the hellfire too. ya They said, "O oh Messenger of Allah, هذا شأن القاتل." They said, "The affair of the killer." That's clear. The one who killed the other one, he's done that sin, murdered. He's in the fire. فما بال المقتول? But how come the one murdered is in the fire? The one who got killed, surely he's oppressed. Why is he in the fire? قَالْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَرِيصًا عَلَىٰ قَتْلِ صَاحِبِهِ The Prophet ﷺ said, even the one who was killed, he had a firm intention in his heart to kill the other one. Meaning if he got the chance, he would have taken the other one's head off too. He had the firm intention and decision and desire in his heart to fight this other person and to kill him too. So due to that firm intention for him to kill the other one, had he had been given the opportunity, he would have killed the other one. Then due to that evil intention in his heart and that decision he had made, then upon that he will be held accountable too. lam <laughs> an He died not having changed his intention. His intention up until the point he was killed was to try and kill the other one. So he wanted to kill the other one too. لكنه لم يتمكن منه but he was unable to be to do it he was unable to do it فنييته سيئة باقية so his evil intention remained فلذلك فلذلك استحقده للنار والعياذ بالله مع أنه مقتول جزاء على نية سيئة so that individual he deserves to enter the fire too he deserves to enter the fire too Because even though he was the one killed, he had a firm intention to carry out that same act of evil, to kill the other one. So upon the Muslim is to make his intention pure and good for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to leave the evil actions and the intent and the desire and the decisions to do these evil actions, and to turn away from those, leave those evil actions and desires. And for him not to uh, be uh, 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 to oblige, for him not to oblige to his soul that is commanding him to do that evil. وَلَا يطاوع الشَّيْطَانَ. And not for him to succumb to the Shaytan. So he should leave the acts of evil, fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next narration of Abu Huraira, رضي Anhu عنه قال, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, إن الله تعالى قال. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, من عاد لي وليا فقد اذنته بالحرب وما تقرب الي عبدي بشيء احب الي مما افترضت عليه وما يزال عبدي يتقرب الي بالنوافل حتى احبه فاذا احببته كنت سمعت كنت سمعه سمعه الذي يسمع به وبصره الذي يبصر به ويده التي يبطش بها ورجله التي يمشي بها ولئن سألني لاعطينه ولئن استعاذني لعيدنه رواه البخاري. So this is the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, the hadith of Abu Hurairah Anhu, where he narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he mentioned that "...whomsoever shows enmity to an ally of mine," "...whomsoever shows enmity to an ally of mine," then I have waged war upon him. فَقَدْ آذَانْتُهُ And my servant does not draw near to me with anything more beloved to me than what I have obligated upon him. My servant continues to draw near to me with the voluntary acts until I love him. And once I love him, I am his hearing with which he hears, his sight with which he sees, his hand with which he grasps, his foot with which he walks. Were he to ask me, I would surely grant him. And if he were to seek refuge with me, I would surely protect him. That is the narration in Sahih al-Bukhari, the hadith of Abu Hurairah. So it says, whomsoever wages war against an ally of mine. An ally of Allah, Waliyullah. sometimes you hear the phrase, the friends of Allah, the awliya of Allah, that is Al Mu'minu At Somebody who is a believer, who is upon piety. They are the awliya of Allah. Somebody who is a believer, he is upon piety. And that's as Allah mentioned in the Quran regarding them, regarding the awliya. Allah inna awliya Allahi la khaufun alayhim wa lahum yihzanun. That indeed the awliya of Allah, they do not have any fear upon them and neither will they be grieving. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarified who those awliya of Allah are. Those who believe and they had the piety, they had the fear of Allah. Therefore the awliya of Allah are the believers and the muttaqun, the pious and the righteous. (laughs) فَكُلُّ مُؤْمِنٍ تَقِيٍّ فَهُوَ وَلِيٌّ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلٍ So every believer, every righteous, pious individual is the wali of Allah. اللَّهِ هِيَّ لِعَبْدِهِ And the allegiance or the wilaya the of Allah for the person, what does it mean for the person to be an wali or uh, from the awliya of Allah? That he has the love of Allah and the aid of Allah. And that Allah is with that person. That Allah aids him and strengthens him and keeps him upright. So this indicates love and aid and support. The one who is the wali of Allah, then Allah gives that person the love and the support and the victory. That is as Allah mentioned in the Quran, Allahu, Allah wali yu Amanu. يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِّنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النَّورَ وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَوْلِيَاؤُهُمُ الطَّاغُوتِ يُخْرِجُونَهُمْ مِّنَ النَّورِ إِلَى الظُّلُمَاتِ That Allah is the wali of those who believe. He exits them from darkness into light. As for those who disbelieve, then their awliya are the false deities who take them out of light into darkness. وَيَقُولُ سُبْحَانَهُ (laughs) إِنَّمَا وَلِيُّكُمُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And similarly, Allah said in the Qur'an that indeed your wali is Allah and his messenger and those who believe. <laughs> so this concept of being from the awliya of Allah, it's not just a claim that anybody can make. It isn't just a claim that can be made. ولي ولي and it is not the case that everybody people say that this is a wali from the awliya of Allah, that he is necessarily from the awliya of Allah. It is not a case of these widespread claims that such and such must be from the awliya of Allah go to him, barakai him, and this is not the case. Inna ma qad yakuunu waliya lil shaytan. It could be that this person is actually a wali of the shaytan. Falathina yuqalu innahum auliya, wahum ghair adqia wa ghair muaminin min al sapharat wal kahnat wal kafara. Walathina yuqalu lham karamatun walham khawarq. وهم لا يصلون ولا يخافون الله عز وجل ويقولون ليس عليهم تكاليف لأنهم أولياء الله لأنهم وصلوا إلى الله وليسوا بحاجة إلى الأعمال ويتخذونهم أولياء لله وهم أولياء للشياطين والعياذ بالله هذه مغالطة ومحدة لله أن يجعل أعداء الله أولياء له Here the Shaykh explains that not everybody who claims to be from the awliya of Allah actually is. You look at the state of the person. If that person happens to be somebody who is a disobedient individual, he does not fulfill the obligations of Allah. Perhaps he does not even pray and he claims that the pen has been lifted from him. And he claims that there is no responsibility upon him because he has reached such a great level in the waliship of Allah then that type of individual know that he is not from the awliya of Allah, he is from the awliya of the shaytan. These types of magicians and sorcerers and their likes, the people they say they are from the awliya of Allah, because they can do miraculous things. But those types of people are awliya of the shaytan, not awliya of Allah. فَهَذَا فَاصِلٌ فِي بَيَانِ وَلِيِّ الله. So this is the criteria that explains to you who is actually a Wali of Allah. That the wali of Allah will be somebody who believes in Allah, is a believer, a mu'min, and he has piety and righteousness and fears Allah. And he does not, he is not pleased to be worshipped besides Allah. Some of these so-called awliya, they love that the people come and bow to them and prostrate to them and wipe them. They are not from the awliya of Allah. Rather, the one who hates to be raised and promoted in that way, or to be worshipped besides Allah, and he is pious and righteous, and he calls to tawheed, and to the worship of Allah, and he commands the people to the worship of Allah, then that type of individual, he is the wali. As for the one who calls to his own worship, and he calls to himself, and he calls to his own greatness, then that is a wali of the shaitan, not a wali of Allah. And that is why Allah mentioned that their awliya are the false deities. They remove them from light into darkness. And that is their state. nar They are the people of the fire. وهم, uh, خالدون, they will remain therein forever. So there are awliya of Allah, and there are awliya of the shaytan. So not everybody who it is said about him, that he is a wali from the awliya of Allah necessarily is. So do not be confused by that. Rather look to the states of the people. Are they obedient? Are they upon worship of Allah? Are they upon tawheed? Or are they upon shirk and bid'ah and all types of other deviances and disobediences and calling to themselves and people taking barakah from them and wiping them and prostrating to them? then those types of people who are pleased with that and they behave in that way, they are not from the awliya of Allah, they are from the awliya of the shaytan. So here Allah says, Whomsoever wages war against my ally, i.e. from the awliya, Whomsoever wages war against one of those awliya of Allah, then I have declared war upon him. Declared war upon that person. Uh so then, how does that occur? Allah mentions in the Quran, "Wali Allah junudu al wal-arḍ." That to Allah belongs the armies of the heavens and the earth. You salutu alayhim min junudhi al-khafiyya wa al-dha'ira, wa alayhim min junudhi min al-amrāz wal-asqām, wa min al-kafrati wa al-shayātīn. You salutu alayhi حتّى البعوضة والضباب, wa you salutu alayhim min junudhi ma yuḍihi wa yuqliqه. So then, when it mentions that Allah has declared war upon that person, this can occur from the many different forms of the armies of Allah. Perhaps Allah will cause that person to be afflicted by illnesses and diseases, or by the disbelievers and the shayateen to overcome that person. Even to the extent that perhaps the mosquitoes and the flies, they go and overwhelm that person and they bite him and they surround him. And the other affairs that cause the person to be grieved and agitated and concerned and anxious. uh, All of that will be from what occurs to those who have enmity to the awliya of Allah. فَاللَّهُ يَنْتَقِمُ لِأَوْلِيَائِهِ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He uh, protects and uh, guards over His awliya in Placing upon those people who oppose the awliya this type of punishment. Fala تؤذهم بقولٍ بغيبة ولا بنميمة ولا ولا تؤذهم بالفعل عليهم alayhim bal So the awliya of Allah. It is not correct for you to backbite them or to spread slander or stories regarding them or to abuse them or to uh, harm them with your actions. Rather, it is upon you to love the awliya of Allah, those believers, those righteous individuals, upon tawheed, upon worship, upon obedience, upon piety, upon righteousness. ثُمَّ قَالَ سُبْحَانَهُ Then Allah subhanahu wa said, وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ إِلَيَّ عَلَيْهِ وَمَا إِلَيَّ That a servant does not gain closeness to me or continue to come close to me in any other way more than fulfilling the obligations that I have made upon him. And a servant continues to gain closeness to Allah through performing the supererogatory also. Seeking closeness to Allah via disobedience and worship is something that is requested and commanded for us to do by doing the good actions and the obedience and the righteous affairs. And seeking closeness to Allah isn't just a claim that you make. It isn't just empty speech. Rather it is actions and obedience that you do then فَتَقَرَّبْ إِلَيْهِ بِالْأَعْمَالِ وَلَا تَتَقَرَّبْ إِلَيْهِ إِلَّا بمشراعة. So you seek closeness to Allah through righteous actions and obedience, not through all types of deviances and distortions and made up things. Seeking closeness to Allah is not through innovation, rather it is through obedience. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ عَمِلَ لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرٌ Whomsoever does an action which is not from our religion, our legislation, then it will be rejected. So seeking closeness to Allah is through the obedience to Allah from the obligations that Allah has made upon us and the supererogatory affairs that Allah has made upon us. Through that legislation and the sharia of Allah, not through innovation and desires and other affairs that the people make up, claiming that they are seeking closeness to Allah via those things. Seeking closeness to Allah is upon what Allah has obligated upon us and the supererogatory affairs upon us. وَمَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ And a person does not cease to gain closeness to Allah through the supererogatory, uh, because there is much goodness within that also, حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ Until Allah loves that person. So this affirms the love of Allah, and that Allah loves His righteous servants, and that Allah loves the righteous actions. يُحِبُّ عِبَادَهُ الصَّالِخِينَ وَيُحِبُّ الْأَعْمَالَ الصالحة. وَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْأَعْمَالَ صَالِحَةً تُسَبِّبُ مَحَبَّةَ اللَّهِ لِلْعَبْلِ So this indicates that the righteous actions, they cause the love of Allah for the servant. They bring about the love of Allah for that servant. فَإِذَا كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ أَنْ يُحِبَّكَ اللَّهِ فَأَكْثِرْ مِنَ الطَّاعَاتِ So if you want that Allah loves you, then do much goodness and righteousness. وَإِذَا كُنْتَ تُرِيدُ أَنْ يُحِبَّكَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعَ الر and if you want that Allah loves you, then follow the Messenger. Just as Allah said, Say that indeed if you love Allah, then follow me, and Allah will love you and forgive for you your sins. So then it mentions that if Allah loves that servant, then Allah becomes that person's hearing that he hears with, and that person's sight that he sees with, and his hand that he moves with, and his leg that he walks with. So meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes that person upright in all of his affairs. Upright with his vision and his hearing, and his hands and his actions and his walking. He becomes upright in his activities. That Allah rectifies him in those affairs. Makes him upright in those affairs. So he doesn't look at anything except that it is something which pleases Allah. And he doesn't listen to anything except that it is something which is pleasing to Allah. So he lowers his gaze from that which is displeasing to Allah, and he does not listen to that which is haram. (laughs) <laughs> Rather he uses these senses in the worship of Allah. Uh, and similarly with his hand, in terms of what he gives and takes, then it is for the sake of Allah. And he does not use his hands, his body, his physical actions for other than the worship of Allah alone. And similarly his legs, then he does not walk towards anything except that it is obedience to Allah walking towards the masjid, etc., فعلى المسلم أن يسأل الله الصلاح والهداية والتوفيق ويستعين بالله عز وجل ولا يكون على العكس مخالفا لله عز وجل تابعا لهوى تابعا لشهوة نفسه تابعا للشيطان الرجيم فليحذر من هذا. So it is upon the Muslim that he asks Allah for rectification and righteousness and guidance and to seek aid and assistance in Allah with regards to those affairs and not to be in an opposite state to that in a state where he is following his desires in a state where he is following the shaytan so a person a muslim must be cautious of that and that's why allah says in the end of this narration wala in la that if he asks me for anything the righteous slave then i will give it to him wala in and if he seeks the refuge in me, Then I will give him that refuge. al So the end of the hadith, it clarifies the beginning of it. So the hadith should not be misunderstood. This doesn't mean that Allah enters into that person. Some of the people of misunderstanding, of misguidance, they may see a narration like this and say, Look, Allah becomes his eyesight, Allah becomes his hearing, Allah becomes his hand, his leg is walking, Allah enters into him. Wrong. Look at the hadith carefully and it explains what it means. Because at the end of the hadith it tells you, Allah says, meaning that if that person asks me, I will give it to him. The person seeks refuge in me, I will give him that refuge. So Allah will aid and support and rectify that person. His eyesight rectified, his earring rectified, his movement, his walking, his actions are all rectified and upright. He asks Allah for goodness and Allah gives it to him. He seeks refuge in Allah from the shaitan, so Allah protects him and guards him from the shaitan in those affairs. That's what the hadith means and it clarifies itself. But the people are misunderstanding and misguidance. Then they fall into error with regards to these narrations. And they begin to say, this is a proof that Allah is everywhere. That Allah is everywhere here in amongst us. The ones who talk about Wihdatul Wujud Al They talk about Allah being within creation. That the Creator and the creation are all one and the same thing mixed in together. This is haram, impermissible, not correct. Completely false. batil, Not true at all. Allah is separate. Ba'inun. He is separate. Ba'inun min khalqihi. is not in the creation. He's separate from the creation. Above the creation, the most high. العرش, that Allah was then established above the throne. So we do not say Allah is in the creation, mixed in with the creation. Even from your aqal, it proves it. Because something can either be above you, something can be higher than you, or something can be at the same level as you. Or something can be below you. Even intellectually. If something is below you, it indicates degradation. That is not something respectful. Not something of uh, worthiness. It's below you. It's down in the dumps. Mentally, intellectually, everybody understands that. Something which is below you, is not of respect. Something equal to you, again, equal to you, not better than you, Equal to you. But something which is above you, that's what intellectually the minds understand as having respect and honor. So now with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do you want to say? Do you want to say below? A'udhu Do you want to say equal to us? We're the same? A'udhu All you can say even intellectually is Allah must be above us. You can't say Allah is the same as us, level, equal, we're together. Or that Allah is below? Impossible. Allah must be above. So that is a nonsense where they talk about all creation and the creator, one and the same thing. Some of the Sufis, they have these beliefs. And that is false. It is not the correct aqeedah. Allah is above the creation, separate and distinct from the creation. So that's where we'll conclude today. And inshallah ta'ala, from the next hadith, we'll continue next week. ala اللَّهُ Muhammad wa ala